We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for joining the Lakers slander party as we enjoy the fact that the Dallas Mavericks just blew them out on national television, 128-110. to In a game where Luka Doncic notched another triple-double, tying Wilt Chamberlain for the most all-time, or fifth most all-time, something like that. I don't know. It's a crazy statistic, and I don't even know how to you know, process this sort of stuff in my brain. Oh goodness! And not and and not only that, guys. It's nine fifteen. We're talking early. We're talking well enough so that means in theory, in theory, though you know maybe it won't happen. We'll get done with this green room before ten p.m., which means which means and hear me out, guys. I could go to sleep. It sounds amazing. All right, guys. Y'all know the deal. Request to come up on stage. Get your takes off. Watch for or listen for your name. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, make sure you're not muted. Um, and above all else, if uh, you switch between apps, sometimes it will not let you come up on stage. So coming up, on, and also I'm going to bring up people who I, I don't recognize or who aren't in here as often. So coming up first, I'm going to bring on Armand. Armand, what's going? Hey man, how are I you doing? Am really great. Uh, me too. <laughs> just like beating the Lakers is one of those things where it's like it's like it's just it's a it's a balm on my soul. Oh, it feels great, man. Yes. I mean, ever ever since 2011, it always feels good. <laughs> I, I was I was in Los Angeles when Kobe scored 60 points in three quarters against the Lakers because I went to college there, and yeah. so it's just I have like all these scars 
the 2003 season when the Mavericks wore the trash bag uniforms to uh-huh. start the year against the Lakers. I was at a bar with a bunch of friends, and the Lakers beat them like they stole something. They're just like things. I hate the Lakers, so beating them is just – it's a religious experience. So tell me what you think. Um, Well, first, um, tomorrow's going to be a little bit tough. I know the Cavs, they're shorthanded, but Very. our luck is – our luck isn't the best with back-to-back games, and I was kind of hoping that Jason Kidd, like he, um, about like three minutes in, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, all of them were still in the game. So you know, hopefully mm-hmm. they're well rested for tomorrow. I think it'll be a close game, but if we win and the Warriors lose to the Suns, which is most likely going to happen, the third seed is ours, and I'm so excited for that. I am too, and that you know, and and so the minutes thing is something I, I'm glad you brought up early because I'd like to sort of address it. Part of why those guys have to play is you go down the bench and there's just nobody left. I mean, the Mavericks scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, and yeah. the guys that were in the game were not not trying. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we came out with the dub. That's the most important part. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about a couple weeks into the future. I do not know who I want to play as a third seed because I know I would. Probably say the Nuggets right now, but I mean, we still don't know. Jamal Murray might come back. I mean, I think MPJ is supposed to come back too. The reason why I picked them over Minnesota is that Minnesota, you know, they, I think, I think Denver, I, I think they're better than Denver. And on top of that, like, you never know. Anthony Edwards could just somehow just start going off in the playoffs. And I'm not trying to deal with that. I, I get it. And I decided I'm not going to be picky, even though I earlier in this this series of shows I've kind of proclaimed I didn't want to play Utah. Mm-hmm. The thing I, I need to remind myself is that Luca has 13 basketball games of playoff experience, all of them against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is true. And mm-hmm. no matter who they play, uh-huh. no matter who they play, neither like no one is going to be as good of a combo as those two. Mm-hmm. So I feel bullish, but maybe also, it's just beating the shit out of the Lakers that has me feeling high. Also, what um, what's going? I, I was going to ask what's going on with Trey Burke. Um, I heard something that he missed. Oh yeah, he test. missed his COVID test. It's like the third time it's happened this year. Um, oh, so how how long is he supposed is he supposed to be out for that? He'll probably be back for the game on. Eh, you know what? That's a good question. Hey, I bet he's not with them tomorrow. We got yeah Brandon too. Yeah, the coat because there's that hardship exception. Brandon Knight joining the team, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I bet he's back Friday. I'm honestly not sure. I I get a sneaky feeling reading kids' quotes and hearing it where he's just like, "All right, we're done with this guy." <laughs> and then just one last thing I wanted to, to bring up: the last time the Mavs finished as the third seed, you guys know what happened. Oh, that's so, a great take. So I mean, I you never know. Things. You never know. I really hope it's the same outcome, but we'll see. I'm, 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 I'm just excited for the postseason at this point. Outstanding energy, Armand. Thanks for getting us started. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we're going to go with Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Welcome to the hey, show. Gary. Two days in a row, man, or two Appreciate shows in a row. <laughs> hey, so Davis Bertans, is he the fastest player in the NBA? Position. <laughs> He's like it when he runs. He runs like he's committed a crime and he's trying to escape. Like he just runs so hard, and because his head is big and he's got kind of an awkward body, like you just don't expect it. And he really does. It makes a difference. That's why I sort of wish, like, the Mavericks are never going to do this under Luca because Luca wants to control the pace. But I really wish the Mavericks would run more with like real like dudes who like to run because I just think they would score a bajillion points. But that's 
Yeah, and um, a pretty good four for five from three tonight from him. Um, so that was good to see going into the last stretch of the season, uh, into the playoffs. That's good to see for him because that gives him eligibility for some, you know, some minutes in the in the playoffs, especially if we need shooting off the bench. Um, but um, I mean. What can you really take away from blowout games like this other than Luca being Luca? Um, our shots were falling. I mean, it's a fun game because it's the Lakers. And I told you last time that, man, I would love to see them drop them out of the plane. And that's exactly what they did. And uh, it's funny and, you that because Josh Bo and I's podcast was about six and a half minutes long when we talked about this game. Like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing to take away. I mean, they beat the crap out of a team who they should have beaten the crap out of, and there's something there's something to revel in that. But beyond that, I don't really have it. I, I don't have anything other than I want like if you want to really re, like rehab. Again, I'm talking to everybody else, not just you, Jordan. But if you guys want to come up here and talk about how awesome this was, let's do it. If you want to talk about other stuff, let's do it because it's just you know I'm not used to the Mavericks coming out and taking care of business. <laughs> I should be because they've done it a ton in 2022, but I was just, I was expecting a different fight from the Lakers and instead the Mavericks just stabbed them to death really quickly. And it was. Yeah. And it's like, like it's in the second quarter, man, it felt like it was a scrimmage out there, man. Like I was watching a scrimmage and guys were just standing around and our team was flying around. But, you know, I think this was a, um, a calculated sit for LeBron. I think he kind of felt like this was going to happen to them. And um, the way he was sitting on the bench with his little cap over his eyes and everything like that, it kind of seemed like he um, he knew what was coming and he, uh, you know, he didn't want to take that charge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think they're this close to being just done, done. Uh, Davis, uh, according to Chris Hayes, is going to come back Friday. But, you know, Anthony, you know, Davis is not a player who impresses me, just, just not anymore. Um, I, I I couldn't be happier to help stick a fork in him. Yeah, he, he I think Davis, he peaked in, in New Orleans. Um, even, even that finals run, I think they got lucky because of all the COVID um, stuff and everything like that. I feel like with the circumstances of him and his injury history and everything like that, he got exact – the exact situation he needed to get a title and they happen, you know, I mean, he shot 10% better from three than he's ever shot at any point in his life. Like, yes, but you know, it is what it is. You, you don't not, I'm not going to take away from them there, but I just don't necessarily think that what they have going forward, like LeBron's just like, he's his own worst GM. It's like he plays basketball dark souls. And he's like, let's see how to make this game more difficult. I'm going to assemble a bunch of guys that I like that maybe don't fit with what I want to do. I mean, it took Eric Spolestra you know, midway through the second season for him, for, for, for it to get through to LeBron that like, Hey, maybe you should play power forward and we should just destroy people because we have all the athletes. Like if, I, I don't know. I just don't, this is why like they're like, you always got to include guys in your um like your superstar in your decision-making, but <sighs> you, you don't always want to let them have free reign and clutch sports definitely does over there. It's wild. See, and since you bring that up, the last thing before I go, sure. since you bring that up, um, 
I think Luca kind of knows how to handle that because they do ask him, but ultimately Nico and them they kind of just like pull strings because they you know see see what's good for the team and stuff like that. And Luca's like, cool, you know, let's let's get it. He's too uh, young. I also I also think he's too young and comes from such professional organizations where he was brought up basketball wise. I'm sure he'll figure it out over time. You know, I, I'm pretty like, for example, Jason Kidd does not get hired without Luka Doncic saying, "Great, go ahead." Um, but it's it's yeah, that that's where it's like you have to let the basketball people do basketball stuff. Um, and that's where I think the Mavericks, as an organization, got away from that the past ten years. No offense to the recently yeah. departed Donnie Nelson or anybody else, but you know, things are looking up, and I'm delighted. Yep. All right. All right. Well, yeah. See you guys. Hmm? All right, coming up next, Connor. Welcome back, Connor. It's been a while. Hit that unmute button. Tell us what you got. Hey, Kirk. Nice to talk Hello. to you. You as well. I've been reading Mavs Moneyball for a long time, but I've never talked to any of you guys. So, well, thank you for it's joining fun us. Fun to be on here. Yeah, man, that that game was. Uh, it might have been one of the most fun times I've ever had watching a TNT broadcast. Because usually I just find myself frustrated, and it was just—I mean, it was just amazing. Lots of Jim um, Jackson callbacks. Yeah, <laughs> and the halftime show was just hilarious, in my opinion, uh, even with uh, Dwayne Wade on there. But uh, man, the—I don't know if we can really take much away from this game because I think that first half was one of the worst halves of defense I've ever seen in my life from the Lakers, and. I was pretty I was pretty shocked when they said that the Lakers hadn't given up that many points in the half since or in the first half since 1959. I mean I don't I don't even know what to think about That's that. That's an incredible stat poll. Yeah, I was like I mean, I know the Mavs have put up put up a lot of points like that in halves over the last few years, but it didn't even feel like they scored that many points while we were watching the game. I agree with that because they're kind of uh, they play at such a slower pace, and then it's just you look up, and the Mavericks are up. <laughs> the Mavericks are up. I mean, what was it? Was it eighty four points at the half? Was that right? I think it, I think it was eighty two, uh, but it was like eighty two fifty six or something. I mean, just and, and, and the third the third quarter felt like the third quarter felt like a slow quarter, and it felt like they were kind of down, and they still scored like 32 points or something in the third quarter. Yeah, Lakers are terrible. Dwight Howard only played the first five minutes, and I don't know if he went back out on the floor. Yeah, I don't know if he could come back out after missing that three. I mean, that was nuts. Yeah, and he just he was he basically behaved like late stage DeAndre Jordan in escorting Luca to the rim. It was weird. Yeah, and I mean. That play with Maxi taking the ball at the whole court. I mean, you literally just have to stand in front of him, and he'll have to pass the ball. Right. And they just no one got in front of him whatsoever. Nobody even tried. Right. Like Maxi's probably like you could probably scare him by shouting "boo," and he might have turned the ball over with how he's been lately. And they were just like, "Here, go ahead and score." Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a fun game. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate talking. Sure. To you. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming up. Hope you come back sometime. Yep. All right. Let's see here. Who else we got? All right. Now all the rest of y'all I recognize. So I'm going to bring y'all up as I see fit. Dwight. Welcome, Dwight. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm having a good night. I'm- yeah, I think we uh I think we share our Laker hate. So 
it's symbolic and it just feels good to push them out to play in. But man, what I wanted to talk to you about, I guess, pose the question to the room is, you know, after the KP trade in the moment, I didn't really like it. And then after a couple of days, I'm like, man, I'm ready to lie to myself, right? That maybe Spencer turns it around and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of happened. And we get the three seed. We, you know, having the three seed will probably give us like the a top three or four record in the entire NBA. At what point are we not lying to ourselves about this team and what it can do? Like at some point, the resume is strong enough to where it's like, I don't think we beat the Suns. I don't think we probably beat two or three of the top Eastern teams. But after that, I mean, coming into the season, if I said we're the fourth best team in the NBA and we would finish and prove it and go to the Western Conference Finals or something, that's nuts, man. I mean, it's it's beyond nuts. I I went and looked because I had to do this for, for SB Nation. And I apparently picked like the Mavericks finishing fourth at like 52 and whatever, like whatever number that is to get to, to 82 games. And I don't remember doing that. I must have just been really excited about basketball coming back. And with the way the season started, I could not have like, I could not be happier with where things ended up. I do think that given a longer leash, that what the Mavericks are doing right now is not necessarily sustainable. And here's what I mean by that. They've been playing night in, night out with like six and a half dudes. You know, they're, they're, they're some, some nights we've seen these guys just look tired. Now I don't think that matters for the playoffs because you only play seven and a half guys anyways, and you do not play back to backs. You have to get into a rhythm. I think that Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie are definitely 16 game players. Like they're the kind of guys you need and then they have just enough to be able to make things weird. Now, are there some matchups that terrify me? Yes. I think Jokic might have like a 50 point triple double against the Mavericks, but I could not, I can't wait to see it. Like I just, I'm really excited about all possibilities now. Whereas three weeks ago I wasn't because I just sort of thought that the air would get let out of these guys at some point. And it just hasn't happened. So I'm, I'm just, I'm. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. And I'm a little, I think I was a little more optimistic than most. And I didn't see this coming. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. Well, Chris, Chris in the chat, and he's coming up here later, has, has, keeps, he's mentioned it twice. And I think tonight where he said, there's, and I've talked about this too, there's something about finishing the season at the right point, playing the right way. The 2011 Mavericks certainly had that. The 2007 Mavericks certainly did not. It's like one of those secret things we don't really look back on and talk about, but like they went 52 and four after starting 0 and three, and then they played 500 basketball to finish the season for like 16 games, and that carried over, and then they got their asses whooped by 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 the the Golden State Warriors. It's these guys right now are probably feeling so free to where if they get the three seed, great. If they don't get the three seed and they play the four seed, they just kind of hang out there, great. Come what may, there, there's there's a lot to that. Uh, they they should be, they should be feeling. Yeah, and it's it's like, you know, I know we had the what was that the OKC Orlando Magic back to back, but man, we haven't even lost a game we shouldn't. You know, that Charlotte game, the Philly game, to me, you know, Charlotte Philly's a good team. The Charlotte, I I saw that coming with the schedule, and we just do what we're supposed to do, and it's it's I keep saying it's nuts because it, I just didn't see this man. 
Yeah, I feel better about the Charlotte game since they've been beating the crap out of everybody lately, except they lost to the Nuggets last night. But that, you know, it's, it's, you got to take advantage where you can. And that's why I'm so pleased about this. Like, cause this Lakers game, it's like, oh, LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't playing. Is this a trap game? And then with the answers, like, no. affirm no within like four minutes. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy, man. But I'm going to, uh, I'm going to quit hogging the mic, man. I don't I'm mind. If I can listen to, to you guys. Actually, shoot, I, I got to get to sleep myself, man. So. Yeah. Get some rest. All right. Talk soon, Dwight. Thanks. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, if anybody else, you know, we're going to get to as many people as possible. I would like to be done by 10, but if we're not, whatever. Patrick, what's happening? Kirk, thanks for hey, having dude, me. What do you got? Uh, I got a couple of hot takes, or not hot takes, but a couple of takes to fire off on you. Go forth. Brandon, not signing. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I would actually rather see him than Trey Burke or Sterling Brown, so. Sign me up for that. Um, Anthony Davis. Who looks better on the sideline dressed up, Anthony Davis or KP? Mm. I like KP's a sharp dresser, but I thought AD looked pretty good tonight. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, I heard a good nickname for him in the Lakers space was Anthony Day to Davis. So mm. I think that's Anthony will not return Davis. Yeah. Um, it was a really good game. Nice to see our next assistant coach, Frank Vogel. So. I, that's a great take. Great, because he, he gave – he was like, Jason Kidd should be coach of the year. That man's applying for a job. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows that his days are numbered, especially if that team gets bounced out of the play-in. I mean, it's – you know, I, I have a feeling he'll be – he'll come calling. So – and we'll see how that goes. Um, the Lakers, yeah. Maxi, I mean, if you allow a full court maxi drive, you you deserve to suffer, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, high shooting game. Like this kind of shows how good this team can be, you know, with our defense that is really good, and with the offense is able to get out. Um, I made a comment earlier in uh, Jose and Rolo's space that they do before the games about how this Mavericks team, even in this whole stretch, they've been getting behind by, you know, 10 points before they decided to adjust. And it was just nice to see them, you know, handle business immediately from the tip, just coming out a certain dominance. And anytime we can blow out the Lakers is, you know, sign me up for that every time. So a good win puts us, I think, a half game back of that, you know, three seed. And then depending on what happens tomorrow, we could be, you know, Mavs party three seed. So I'm, I'm ready for it and I'll let someone else get up here, but sure thing, Patrick, thanks for coming up. Um, look at the goat asks in the chat. What do I think about the ESPN MVP straw poll released today? And now for those of you guys who don't know what it is, um, are, uh, really probably one of my favorite ESPN people, Tim Bontomps, uh, does this poll where he can, he basically asks just about every media person that he knows, who they, who he thinks should be MVP. And then he compiles all the results. One through three is pretty what you think. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, in that order with, but after that is where probably what, what we're talking about here, because, and, and, you know, let me just preface this by saying, honestly, I don't particularly care because if you're not in the top three, it's not really much of a discussion and it's a bit of a chasm 
It, it really is just it to me. It's 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 a wide chasm, and the where I take kind of issue is sort of the narrative aspects that drive MVP. And so, you know, fourth ends up being John Morant, fifth Jason Tatum, sixth Luka Doncic, seventh Devin Booker, and it's all all three of these guys or all four of these guys are within a handful of votes of one another between fourth and fifth. Um, both Morant, Tatum, and Doncic each received the same number of votes for fourth place. It kind of comes down to like your fifth place stuff. And for me, this is my deal. And I don't, this is a group of Mavs fans, so I don't really care if I piss anybody off. Here's the deal. Luca is better and more impactful than Jason Tatum and John Morant. The end. There is not a debate. John Morant will have missed one third of the season. The, the the Boston Celtics were playing 500 basketball through January 21st. I don't give a shit about your 30-point games against a bunch of teams that are bums. I don't care that John Morant is really good at basketball. He is. Both of these guys are. But if you take Luka, if you switch Luka out for either one of those teams, their teams are finals candidates. Like, they're probably finals favorites, depending on which conference we're talking about. Luca has been a better player this year for longer. He has been more impactful for longer. I do not care what other people like, what these guys are talking about. Now, you guys are going to, you guys probably agree with me. Um, my buddy Matt Moore, right, right, love it. I've been teasing Matt all day because I'm just like, you're wrong. You don't get to miss one third of the season and still be an MVP candidate. Games matter. Sorry. Okay. Back to people. Um, ooh, more people want to come up. Chris, what do you got? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? So it feels great, great just to put the – I feel like we put the stake in the heart of the Lakers to end their season. I know there's six games left, but they don't know the tiebreaker against the Pelicans or the Spurs. So just that early game in the season when Russell Westbrook hit that BS three and then Austin Reeves hit that three, take a star over time, they beat us like – it feels good right now to kind of get the last laugh towards the end of the season. And we're just hitting that stride and we're taking care of business against teams that are shorthanded. We're not playing around. Same thing with the jazz game, this game. I don't know necessarily who's out tomorrow against the Cavs, but the fact that, uh, you know, Luca really didn't have to play the fourth quarter. That's like the best case scenario for tonight and to embarrass the Lakers again. Evan Mobley is out. Um, Jared Allen is out. So the two guys that help form the toughest, you know, front line in basketball defensively are out. This is a game the Mavericks should win, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be easy because Darius Garland is an unbelievable basketball player. Well, if we could slow him down and then, you know, get some, uh, play the Wizards and kind of, you know, the whole KP, uh, Dinwiddie, you know, duel, that'd be kind of, kind of fun. You know, I, I wouldn't mind it. You know, if we lose Sunday, that's not big of a deal, but we really got to get these next two wins if we want to, you know, be serious about getting the third seed. But it's pretty crazy to think that there's any other out of the realm of possibility even play the Wolves in the first round. If we had the third seed and they get up to the sixth seed, I mean, that's even a possibility. I, I kept feeling like the last couple of months we we're definitely going to play the Jazz, but now it's like it could be the Jazz, Nuggets, Warriors, or the Wolves. So I love it. I love the uh, I love the the just the sense of like what the heck could happen. I don't really want to play the Wolves. Um, that's just me. <laughs> but this team is this Mavs team. This team is built for the playoffs. And right now we're still, you know, fingers crossed. We're still fully healthy. This team is built for the playoffs. And the home court advantage is the most important thing because, like I said, 
we played so good at, at home this whole season compared to last season. It's, it, it's crazy. As long as Dodo, Bullock, and Bertans hit, you know, at least if each of them can hit at least three threes a game, we're probably going to win most of these games. And that's not even counting the addition of Dinwiddie. I mean, he's hitting threes as well uh, when it counts the most as well. This is uh, – I feel really good about the Mavs. I really think we can get to the Western Conference Finals at least this year. So so Tyler in the chat just points out something that I think is worth noting. You just said, well, if each one of these guys hits three threes, well, yes. Go look at what their season averages are. It is well below three threes. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's kind of – that's. A- but how how far have we came the, earlier in the season? How you know the grindy these games are? Oh, how sure. ugly they were? Just bad shooting. You know Tim Hardaway Jr. And we were hoping Moses Brown would play and play good. And you know we need Sterling Brown to play good. Like how how far has this team come? Really, it's just, it's it's just nuts. Like on this run, right? We have the potential to get the third seed, and that's really important. Get past the first round, obviously, but then we won't have to play the the Suns in the second round. That's even better. So. And then from there, as long as you stay fully healthy, we have a puncher's chance, I think, against anybody. So, but even though the Suns have had our number, like just get to the Western Conference Finals, you never know what's going to happen if you have a sure. loop on nuclear on the league. I mean, I, I love y'all. I love all of us. We're like, let's get to the Western Conference Finals. Dalton was like that earlier today, and I'm like, let's get to the second round. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we can. Go, let's let's just say we can do this. We can do this. Get to the Western Conference Finals. Like th- this team that we have, we've been beating the good teams. Like why not? It's just the, the only team that's had really our number is the Suns. And when we, when we play the Jazz in Utah, but we might not even have to play the Jazz in the first round. So, Right. Well, and and so our, our man Amar in the chat notes, hey, it's, you know, it's not that easy to just get to the third seed. I agree with him. It is worth noting, though, that we should have a very clear idea tomorrow night by, yes. like, midnight, whether it's it happens. Hard. But the, we have a week schedule coming up. We only got six games left. We have – a week schedule coming up. We play Detroit. I know one time, like we're, we play the Spurs at, at the end of the season. Um, you know, that'd be nice to kind of beat them out, but I kind of like, I, I never root for the Spurs, but man, if we can knock out the Lakers, like put, really have them put the stake in their heart, you know, that'd be kind of funny. So, but as long as it doesn't affect us getting that third seed, you know, for sure. All right, Chris, thanks for hanging out. Yes, sir. Thank you. You know, we played the Spurs in the last day of the regular season, and we've never swept the Spurs, and the Spurs are trying to make the plan. So, yeah. Drew. Kurt, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. I just wanted to come up, and you were talking about John Morant, and to me, the biggest indictment on John Morant and MVP is they are 18-2 and two when he doesn't play. Yep. I'm – I'm sorry, but if you're out and your team doesn't miss a beat, that's the very definition of not being so valuable. Yeah, I agree. I, and not it's, only, it's I mean, too big it's of a, a thing. much better record than when he plays. You know, which, I mean, is, which is funny. I mean, he's yeah. an unbelievable player. Like that's but like one of these outlier yeah. stats. But it's just it, it takes and away from his MVP. Kind of. But the thing about it is, is he he commands the ball and he's a freewheeling regular season type. I don't think his game translates well to the playoffs where things tighten down. Well, I mean, the, not, that's why the, yeah. the Grizzlies do not want to see the Mavs because yeah. the Grizzlies yeah. are a very poor half court team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you when you tighten up the, the playoff basketball, everything tightens up becomes half court and everything like that. You know, these 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 guys that feast upon just you know just the, the high flying regular season kind of stuff uh, struggle. You know, and and that's the thing the kind of thing is, and he is a bit undersized too, and which is which is tougher on him defensively. Although he's a great athlete, there's no question about that, and he's a great ball player. 
but I'm sorry, you know, you're, if your team can win without you, you're not necessarily the most valuable. Yep. You know, nope. that's that's kind of what I'm saying there. And uh, yeah, and I'm watching yeah, Utah beat the crap out of the Clippers. Kind of Damn. There, but that's all. Right. That, that, that's all right. Yeah, they're up to 20 now. Yeah. You know, but uh, but maybe it's, Paul George is back, so that's kind of interesting. So anyhow, uh, I'll let you go. But tomorrow night is that that's the biggest thing about the the, the Cleveland game. I think we have a said the back to back is what kind of could, although tonight they did a good job getting people out of there. Nobody played a lot of minutes, so I think we got a Hope shot. So me too. Thanks, Drew. All right, you got it. Uh, Zaza in the chat points out that that he, great point. Everyone needs to go watch the end of the Philly. Bucks game, incredible basketball is what I'll say. Don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it yet. Um, Kevin, or yeah, Kevin, what's up? You have a turducken. No, you have a bacon wrapped turkey in some form. How are we doing? Hey, how's it going, man? It was a great win tonight. Exactly it was. You know, it's just kind of sad what LeBron does to the Lakers. Everywhere he goes, he just kills the team. Couldn't he actually save the team just by signing a dirt contract for like seven to ten million dollars, and then they could sign someone or you know three good role players, and he could rebuild the Lakers? But they're just a shell. They're just crap. Well, and, and they had a deal in place to go get Buddy Heald from the Suns because what they need is shooting. And instead, he changed his mind and had them go get Russell Westbrook and. You know, Westbrook is a fascinating basketball player, but he's also kind of he's he's also mm, he's expired for for he won't change how he plays and teams lose when he plays. Like we have like three and a half seasons of, of results from him now, or unless he like he was really good with James Harden when he played small ball center, but like he he can't do how he wants to play anymore. And and I just I don't understand why they thought it would work. I mean, it was a disaster waiting to happen, and I cannot believe it's imploded. I mean, just, he's making all the money, and he's making all the moves, and then he bails. He blames whoever is the coach, and then he just bails on the whole yeah, situation. He's, 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 uh, his box scores these days are pretty funny because he scores a lot of points, but it's well after the game's over. So it's yeah. sad. All right. Well, um. You know, I always listen after the games. So, oh, all thanks, right, Kevin. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, coming up next, we got uh, G. What do you got? You, you were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I just have uh, I, I have a couple of hot takes here. <laughs> Let's Kurt. hear it. You ready? All right, man. First off, we need to give uh, Bertons a new nickname. I don't know, like what kind and, of nickname? Because all the nicknames. Well, I, I want to see if anyone gets this. I I, I just want to see if anyone gets this in the chat. We need to we uh we need to call him Moe's Shrew. Oh my god! Sure. Yes. Yeah, all right. Now some some people will get that, but no, I I uh I and maybe I'll set the chat off here, but uh, Moe's Shrew is gonna is gonna win us something eventually. Anyway. Kurt, I, I need to know, man, are we are we setting ourselves up for a Jerry Jones style exit here? Like what kind of hype are we doing? We have a couple of games left, right? Five, six games left. I, I'm I'm scared, man. Right. I'm serious. Of what? You mean I'm finishing the season like shit? 
I mean of exiting in the first round, which is what Dallas teams do in glorious fashion. I mean, here's the deal. I, this depends on your expectations, okay? And part of why I have constantly objected to Cuban for the better part of five years is he and his group of people around him set un- insane expectations and then tell us, the fans, that we are wrong. Yep. Here's the deal. I've been hurt too many times. If, if they were to exit the first round now with the opponents that are on the table in front of them, I think it would be disappointing. But they've, they're building something in a way that feels a little more stable than it did the last two years. Like when the Mavs lost to the Clippers in seven, that felt like the end of something, and it was. This yep. feels like the Which is why I'm worried, man. I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I either – I honestly – either think we're going against the Suns in the Western Conference Finals or we're going to be disgraced. And, like, I, I just don't know how much Cuban has really given control to Kid well, we'll, we'll find and that out Nico. In the off season. We'll find that out in the offseason. And Michael in the chat asks, and this is a fair question, Kirk, why do you let – why do you let owners set your expectations? Well, let me be clear. Mark Cuban does not set my fucking expectations, but Mark Cuban has a much bigger megaphone than I do. So I'm constantly in here having to explain to people why the Mavericks aren't the smartest front office in the league and shit like that, which we've had to do for the past 10 years where they talk about the brain trust of the coach, the GM, and the owner who couldn't win a playoff series. That's why. So go ahead. No, I'm, I'm good, man. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, Keep that serious face going, man. We don't want to let anyone uh, slide past. Well, you know, everybody, someone has to be the asshole. Guess it'll be me. Thanks, buddy. Um, How involved do I think Luca was with the KP trade? That's a good question, Luca the Goat. My thought would be he everything gets run past him. Everything gets run past him. I don't think he was proactive in it. I don't know if Luca's at that stage in his career yet. Um. That's my thoughts. Um, all right. Leo, what's up, buddy? Hi. Uh, great victory for the Maps. Hope everyone's happy. Hope we ride the serotonin all the way to the finals. But right. just as a – since there's not much to take away from this game, I was going to ask you, are we far enough into the season and past the trade deadline to where we can give somewhat of a grade to this new front office? Uh, and if so – are there any specific moves like, or the way that they've tried to build the roster through either 10-day contracts or the guys they've tried to bring in or take out that you can actively assess what uh, our new GM is trying to build or what players you I mean, so if you read between the lines, it seems like Nico's the, the – um, how do we phrase this? Nico seems to be the guy who does all the talking, and Fenley is the guy who does all the basketball ops. I don't have any idea on that sort of stuff now. I mean, I, I our man Akiva, um, y'all need to love Akiva. He's a he's a national treasure, and I'll bring him up here every time. Had a really, I think, salient point the other day where he said, you know, Matt, like, the Mavericks don't have anybody that really is a high-volume three-point shot maker. Bullock's basically the closest one we've had since having Seth, Seth Curry. And I think, like, as you watch how Luka plays, if they're going to keep playing sort of, 
you know, they 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 all play Luca ball with Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Luca, where all three of them basically dominate the ball at sections where each guy has a different style or skill set. So I just think they try to accent with a rim roller and more shooters. Because uh, they got three ball handlers now, and I hope they try to re-sign, re-sign Brunson. So that's about as far as I am right now. But I, in terms of grading the front office, you got to give them, you know, the, even the Bullock move. I, you know, Cuba didn't say this on my podcast, but he said they built a team for Rick. Like they went into the offseason, even though, Q, you know, those guys had been let go, they had already had plans in motion that they just had to sort of follow through on. So if you assume getting out from under the KP contract is the main thing they've done, then you got to give them an A because I think that contract was a time bomb. Yeah, I was honestly really because you mentioned three ball handlers. It seemed that that's what he had been going for the whole time. He kept on getting these ten day contracts. As we brought in it and we brought in Knight, and it's just like, oh, these are ball handlers. These are people that can take pressure off our two guys right now. And even during the JJ Reddit podcast, where Luca was lamenting the fact that JJ couldn't move anymore whenever he got to Dallas, he's like, yeah, you're an automatic assist. It just seems like I hope we do something with this draft pick. I hope we take the draft seriously from here on out because. We need young talent, and I love Josh Green, and him trying starting to hit his shots 38% with 1.1 attempts is, you know, it's improvement. It's like he's doubled his three-point shot from last year, but I'm not sure how much we're, if we're doing what we've done to Dodo and Maxi and Powell, where it's like we're putting too much responsibility on a guy whose fault it is not. It's not his fault he's not the player that the front office has told us he was going to be, and it just feels bad whenever it's like, oh, he's not performing. It's like he's doing his best. I mean, you're yeah. asking. Yep. Well, thanks, Leo. I appreciate that. You got no anything problem. else? Uh, one- oh, shoot, Leo. I, I Come back up. Invite yourself back up. I kicked you off. You said nope. What do you got? There we go. Do you think this team is on? Do you still think this team is going to go as far as uh, Dorian Finney-Smith? Will- yes, but Dorian is shooting and playing, like, above his contract right now, so I'm just delighted. So, good question. All right, um, let's fly through people because we're close to 10. Mohit. Mohit, hit the unmute button for us. Maybe it won't let you. Invite yourself back up here in a minute. All right, coming up next then is... Hi, John. Welcome to the show. What do you got? Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me? I can a little bit. Yeah. All right, I just wanted to ask a couple of Tim Hardaway Jr. questions for some reason. No, let's do uh, it. Yeah, so my first question is, uh, let's say miraculously he came back, maybe second round of the playoffs or something. Do you think he would be like our seventh man and fit in next to Spencer? Or, you know, what are you thinking with that? Because I don't think we want to take It's a really out. fun question. It's a really fun question. I've not really thought about Tim very much because yeah, I think they're going to struggle to find a place for him because Tim is volume. And I think it may depend who they play, but you know, you go through the starters and let's just go see who they played tonight. I should probably be better about this. So, you know, you get your starters. Most nights are going to be a variation of Luca Brunson, Powell Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith. Then you get Kleba and Dinwiddie coming off the bench. Those are your top seven. Then you have Josh Green, who's basically seven and a half. And then after that, it becomes wild card as shit. So adding Tim back into that mix, it depends on who you want to play with. 
Um, I would like it just because I, I trust Tim's confidence maybe more than his skills. And I think he would be really excited to like get to play with the group and how they're playing now. So got anything? Okay. Took yourself off. All right. Um, Tyler, what's up? Oh, just, you know, enjoying a nice blowout win. It's always fun to be the Lakers. Yeah, it is. Um, beyond that, I truly couldn't care less about the night other than the win. Um, looking forward to tomorrow, I assume Dinwiddie's going to be out second night of a back-to-back. It's an interesting thought. I hope not because I think they need him, but he also played – what did he play? I guess he still played 29 minutes. That's interesting. Yeah, he was in up until like the two-minute mark of the fourth. I was very confused. Mm, yeah, I kind of stopped watching the fourth quarter. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I just only <laughs> happened to look up and see it. but um, Yeah, well, Joaquin says that he doesn't play back-to-back, and I think maybe safe assumption. Um, let me check the injury report because the injury report might tell us. But, yeah, that's um, – that's that's interesting. Yeah, what else? Know, what else are we thinking? I know the I know the Cavs are have kind of been losing a little bit lately, but they're kind of Charlotte-ish to me, where they're young and interesting and might be able to give us a little bit of problems if we come out lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so because I think Darius Garland is really really good. But if there are like I'm looking at their injury report, and right now they already don't have. Um, what did I say earlier? Um, uh, Mobley and whatever Jared Allen. So I mean, yeah. that's that's going to prevent a lot of them because like they're they're built on defense and they also don't have great ball handlers because Dean Wade is also like they're they're secretly super banged up and if they win games it's kind of through grit. Like the Mavericks should be even even if Dinwiddie doesn't play, I think the Mavericks could just simply out out talent them. That's the hope. I just. I just remember them coming into the AAC. Granted, it was earlier in the year, but then they stopped the ever-loving crap out of us. So hopefully we can flip the script on them tomorrow. Yep, I hope so. I mean, I mean, I was talking to Josh and I talked about this in podcasts where it's like this will be three straight games where the other teams, at least one of their top three guys is out, and I don't care. <laughs> it takes those kinds of breaks to go on a run. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. So, well, thank you, Tyler. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try to go to my man Mohit again. What do you got for us? Hey, can you hear me? There we go. Yeah, I mean, my phone is locked, but I think if you're anything but, like, looking at the home screen, it just doesn't work. But, um, yeah, it was a great game. I think um, it's one of those games that you just uh, makes you appreciate having Luka Doncic on your team. I think uh, he had that one, like, really easy layup. I think it was, like, the first – first quarter of the game and that might have been where you realize like oh it's going to be one of those kind of games huh and uh they were really playing no defense uh and he was getting whatever he wanted i think he had like 15 5 and 5 by the end of the first and somehow didn't slow down i loved it he he started missing a bunch of threes but we don't care they were already up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean at that point uh the whole team kind of relaxed in the fourth um but another thing uh, was just the fact that when we're hitting threes, it makes you really notice and realize like how many open threes uh, we generate as a team. Uh, it was just like that one sequence in like the second, I think. Bullock had a couple, and then like Luca had one, and Dota had one. 
And then you look up and it, the, the lead went from like 18 to like 30. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, what? The game's over. Like it just, it just ended right there. It's amazing. And there it's why, you know, if you're a positive person about the Mavericks offensive rating, you can say, okay, well, maybe things are just going to break differently. I don't know. We have enough data by now, but when they go on runs, they seem to just destroy teams and it's great. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Bullock and Dinwiddie are, are going to be good playoff players. And, uh, you know, we haven't had them in the playoffs yet. So certainly hope so. That'll be good to watch, but yeah, uh, fun win. Thanks for coming up again. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Let's go to my man, Brett. What do you got, Brett? Uh, well, the first thing is that. I'm very glad that the Mavs won in the fashion they did um, because I'm going to the game tomorrow night, or at least, you know, assuming that, you know, like, like I was very worried that if, if they got into, you know, some kind of drawn out fight in this game, that they'd end up like resting Luca or something on a back to back, in which case it would make me like very discouraged from wanting to go. Sure. But um, hopefully uh, they will win tomorrow. Unlike the first two games I've attended this year. <laughs> so if they if they if they lose tomorrow, you can blame me. Okay. Because they're zero and two in the game in Chicago and in uh, Indianapolis, the the last two I went to. Though those games were both uh, early season and very very bad. Very bad. Different the, the Mavs team. Especially. Like that Different was Mavs team. Oh, yeah, hey, I mean, Mark Mark Stein just tweeted that Luca is out for tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck me. I'm sorry, man. It's not funny. <laughs> That's just perfect timing. It, it's amazing. That's amazing. I'm sorry. It's not funny at all. Can you can you sell your tickets? Can you sell no, now? I, I haven't bought tickets yet because I was just waiting until, like waiting well, wait, waiting until like the the injury report for tomorrow. But sure, sure. Well, maybe you could get some cheap tickets because I'm sure the prices will wait, go Victor, down. Victor, are you lying to me? If Victor's lying, I'm, I'm not. Uh, he, he's a uh, Victor. Okay, let's. If someone in the chat, this is why the chat I'm is checking. great. Mark Stein is not tweeted in the last hour. <laughs> no, oh my man, that's just got that, me good. That was that got me too. I, I trusted you, Victor. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I was like, I was. <laughs> Dude, this is why I like this over Spaces, because Spaces doesn't have a chat. You just have a whole bunch of people. Like, the chat is probably my favorite part of this thing. Uh. <laughs> All right. I'm taking a screenshot of this. This is amazing. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, uh, okay, next thing is that I looked this up earlier because I also very much do respect Matt Moore on every issue except – the topic of Luka Doncic. Because oh, he can't. He can't. He just can't. I had a lengthy. Like he, it, it's it's a that he is like never really liked Luka's play style, which never. I understand. I but he likes. Talking. He loves James Harden. Yeah, it is the I same. I so I don't understand that. And also, you know, obviously he's a he's a you know a Memphis fan, so he you know he's more predisposed to liking John sure. these kind of arguments. So through the first twenty one games of the season for both of them, Luka averaged twenty six nine and eight on. A true shooting of like 54 and an effective field goal percentage of, of 51. Jaw in his first 21 games averaged 24, 7, and 5 on a 56 true shooting and 51 effective field goal percentage. That is worse. Yeah. Like, he started this like, like, it, it, but I think that's an example of where Luca is at the, like, even though he hasn't won an MVP yet, 
he's at the level like that LeBron is at or was at during his prime where basically like he is expected to be like the best player in the league. Like yeah. th- that is the that is the level that's expected of him. So anything so even if even if he's playing better than other players, he's not he's not exceeding ex- the expectations that were set for him. But he was the MVP favorite. Obviously, those numbers for those who don't know, part of the part of the reason that Luka go- went into the season is that is because overseas betting is was yes. on him. Like teams, look, I'll put it to you like this. As and and he was actually the one who told me this in the preseason. He said the betting markets want so the betters want Luca to win MVP. Like yeah. the table is set for Luca. It's what's made the past two starts to the season so damn frustrating because he is one of the top five players in the NBA. This is not a question. He just has to do it the whole year. Yeah, I mean and I do I do hope and like the comparison people always make is to you know, uh, Jokic like two or three years ago, where he had a couple like two seasons where he came into the in in bad shape, played pretty pretty mediocre in his first couple of months, and then you know yes. played in shape, and then now he's gonna he's in by all likelihood is about to be like a back to back MVP win. Um, yeah. And so and so hopefully you know that they discuss these things you know over All Star Weekend and, stuff, and Luca will will take take that to heart. Um, Though I don't, I mean, yeah. As as Bobby says in the chat, like I don't, like I would like as a fan for like Luka to win MVP. I don't. I agree that I don't think he cares about it that much. In the same way that that I think he wants the championship first. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that part of that is also that, like, considering Luka already has some of the accolades, um, like in Europe and stuff. Victor, Victor, sorry, said Kirk. I disagree. He doesn't have to do it the entire year. Yes, he does. I'm yeah, sorry, no, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis have kicked the shit out of everyone all year, which is why they're in the top. Like, it is a year-long award. When you get to this level, when you get this good, you are a lot – like, you have to parse. That's what makes, like, the four, five, six, seven stuff kind of crazy to me because, to me, I think Luka and Durant are a clear tier below everyone else, and then it, it's just – it's tiered that way. And it's okay. Like, none of this stuff ultimately matters because, like, Luka could get Thanos snapped today and would be a basketball Hall of Famer. And yeah. if you don't believe me, go check out his Wikipedia page because the accolades he's already accrued are like, insane. Luca basically has the like to someone like him the equivalent of like what most people outside the out who aren't like NBA specific fans would consider like two rings. Like he has a t- yeah. like club title and he has a, like a Euroleague title. Yes. And like and and so like he is already like like on the team accolade side of that kind of stuff. And also he won like MVP of. of the of Eurobasket as well, yeah. um, like well, at age seventeen or whatever. Right, right, and so it's 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 a it's kind of a discussion that doesn't have a point other than the fact that we like arguing about fun basketball players, yeah. and it's that's where I get and like where I I love my and like you guys have to understand like Matt is probably my best friend when it comes to basketball stuff. I talk to him repeatedly every day, and so it's like you it's the same thing where you get in arguments with your best friends. And sometimes you want to strangle the person. Only he has 160,000 Twitter followers and bets for a living. And so he's well, he, really, he really good at this stuff. Twitter followers, all of whom seem to hate him. All of them. But, but it's also the other thing about this is, and this is the thing I will uh, like talk about, betting the Mavericks is weird, okay? Because the Mavericks keep defying expectations. Like the I talked about this in the podcast with Josh. 
Nobody in the like NBA power ranking sphere, you go look at those sorts of things. The Mavericks are begrudgingly five, six, seven in a lot of places because people don't know how they're winning. And guys, I watch this team every game and sometimes I don't know how they're winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't like it doesn't make as much sense. You know, in the last two years when they won, it was very obvious that they like kind of ran teams out of the gym on offense. And this year, the the defense is obviously very solid, but it doesn't look like the way you expect a dominant defense to look in that they don't have, you know, they don't have someone like, you know, a Giannis or a Gobert who is like, you know, swatting shots and, you know, patrolling the paint. They don't have like locked like a lockdown kind of perimeter defender who, you, you know, who, who you, who is like kind of very highly respected in that sense either. Um, right. so, so you don't, if you don't, you don't have those like wing defenders like a Paul George or a Kawhi, um, so so it, they don't look Ooh. like a dominant defense in that way. Okay, Victor makes a point that I think is at least worth discussing. Being the favorite every season is a disadvantage for Luca because now he does he has to play the best all season. But guy, like here's but this is the thing. Like Jokic has played. There's not been a segment of the season where I thought Jokic where I thought Jokic wasn't the MVP. For example, there's not been a segment like I box score night in night out the advanced numbers all of it. Luca love Luca guys. You you understand I love Luca. But starting with the Philly game and that stretch that ended with the second Timberwolves game, he was not playing the best basketball. Four or five game stretches at this sort of thing is what really does make the difference. I think 23-year-old Luka Doncic is going to win two MVPs in the course of his career, yeah. maybe more. But he's going to have to come in and do it. And then the Mavericks, this is the secret sauce here, the Mavericks are going to have to surround him with slightly better players to make it to make it a difference. So. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, looking at the playoffs and everything, at the, yeah, I agree kind of that I don't really care who they play at this point. I think that, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, see who you get. Like, I would obviously prefer to them to get the three seed so that in the so that they have, I would say, a, a, obviously a much higher chance of making the conference finals. Not that I think, to me, them losing to the Suns in the second round versus the the third round – does not really matter in the sense of they still are out of the playoffs. They still lost to probably the best team in the league, but to like, I, I would prefer like, you know, getting to the conference finals means more to sure. players around the league. Um, like in terms of like that looks, that is more of an accomplishment, even if like, you know, you're, the, you're losing to the best team in whatever round, like, like, like I would argue like the last two years, I think that, the Mavs lost to. I think. I mean. I think. La, I would. I think that last year the Mavs lost to the best team in the Western Conference. Right. And and it, it just happened to be in the first round. Um. And then and then later and then later those those players got injured. But I mean, I would I would like to see them get the three seed. I don't. I don't know. At this point, I think that they probably have the inside track. Just just considering how badly the Warriors have played. And that they won't have staff for the rest rest of the regular season, but yeah. Well, Brett, this has been fun. I enjoy you coming up. Yeah, thanks for having we'll me. Talk soon. All right, let's get a couple more folks, and then uh, I gotta go. Uh, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I kind of want to follow up with that three C. That's actually what I was gonna talk about. Um, and real quick, tomorrow is like the most important day. We need to take the three seed. Um, Hopefully tomorrow is not a trap game. I just have a bad feeling back-to-back Cavs. 
Um, I know they're missing some guys, but I'm just a little worried that we might have a trap game. But we need to win tomorrow. Um, The Warriors should lose. They are playing their guys against the Suns, but they should lose. They've lost six of the last seven. And we got to get the three seed and just not look back. Um, And I I think the real key is we need to have that locked up because we have the tiebreaker over the Warriors. Um, So we're the last one, two games. We can just rest our guys, get some Brandon Knight minutes, um, some Boban minutes, um, and maybe some role players just get some confidence for the playoffs so they can be helpful for spot minutes if we need them. I mean, I'd like that to be the case, but the the Cavs are fighting for a playoff spot of their own. I just don't know if it'll be easy. It strikes me as I agree with you, trap game all the way. I would love to see it something different, but I'm not even sure if this really qualifies as a trap game because the Cavs are good. So, I, I mean, I, I, I hope for them to win, but if they don't, I will come in here kind of disappointed, but it's tough. Back-to-backs are tough. Yeah, I'll, I'll be disappointed if we lose, but I won't be surprised. Um, with that being said, um, the Jazz are winning tonight. We just have to stay in front of them at all costs. Um, I just looked at the Warriors' schedule. They have Utah um, after, and they have they still have two back-to-backs, and I don't think the Warriors give a shit about where they are. I think they just kind of have that mentality. They can just show up with their guys and win. Um, but I just I still think we'll, we'll eat by by the end of the year. I just hope we can have a game or two to rest some guys and go in fully healthy to the playoffs. Uh, well, and the, you know, the fact that they're pro, they're not going to be in the playing game means, so the Mavericks play their last game of the season on April 10th, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then the play, like the playoffs don't start until the 15th, I think. Maybe even Yeah, I think that's that. right. I, I didn't so think that, about that. That five day rest is huge. Yeah. So it really, I guess it's not as important as I thought. Maybe just like the last game of the season. Um, rest some guys, but with that five days, you really don't need, I guess, an extended to sit a couple games. For sure. Think, think about the plan nowadays, but yeah, the, I was looking. The Warriors, their last three games are the three teams fighting for the plan, so they'll probably still be trying to kick their ass. So I, I feel pretty confident about getting that three seed as long as tomorrow goes okay. Yep, yep. Tomorrow's a big bellwether. Well, thanks, Matt. Talk soon. Talk soon. Yeah, Grayson, what do you got, my friend? Grayson. Grayson might have exited out of the app, or he fell asleep. One of the two. Daniel, how you doing, Daniel? It's been a while. Welcome back. It has been a while. Started a new job and moved since we have last talked, so finally glad that we get to talk again. I don't understand how that shit goes. That's stressful. Hope everything's going all right. Well, first thing I wanted to say is, Last time we talked, I was like, Dinwiddie's our Van Exel, and then the very next game he went off for 36 against Sacramento, and I thought that was very apropos for the whole uh, Van Exel comparison. Right. <laughs> but um, I don't have anything much to add. I was at the game tonight. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's very nice to go to a game and not have to stress about anything, especially when you play against the Lakers, who just bring in a lot of uh, visiting fans, let's say, um, whether they've been to L.A. or not in their lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they were trying to cheer early on, and but, you know, they were just so bad that, you know, they never had a chance to have their moment as the visiting fans, which was nice. Yes, and uh, they, they paid a lot of money probably to come see guys that weren't going to play. 
Yeah, it was funny because so um I I do the the ten game plan as a season ticket holder and I've had like the worst luck as a ten game plan owner this year because I had the Bucks and the Clippers and the Pistons and I didn't get to see Giannis I didn't get to see Kate Cunningham and I didn't get oh. to see Kawhi or Paul George or LeBron and AD all this year so <laughs> real fun real fun games well, I'm sorry yeah. that happens. Well, a lot of good ones. At least I got to see uh, Jokic at the beginning of the year, but you know, always, always love it when your season ticket plans work out. Yes, yes. Well, Daniel, thanks for joining. Appreciate you waiting too. Yeah, just wanted to say, uh, yeah, it's good to be back and love it when the Mavs win, especially when you go. That's right. Okay, guys. Um, uh, Joaquin, send me a, uh, a DM on Twitter. I will, t- I will share with you my my DeRozan take that made everyone very angry. Um, it's <laughs> been fun. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me for over an hour. We'll be back tomorrow night. Um, everyone be good and, uh, enjoy your Wednesday and be sure to lord this victory over Lakers fans that you know. Bye guys. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.